The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Teaching for today is, 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 is it's a scripture we've gone over and over and over um, with. I, I just kind of have a way of, or rather the scriptures just have a way of drawing me back every time, you know. And it's the direct word of Jesus that says to us, don't be afraid, just have faith. So look at your neighbor and say, don't be afraid, just have faith. In fact... Because of this land, some people are afraid. <laughs> they are afraid. Don't be afraid. Just have faith. Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. I think from verse 21 to 43. It says, Jesus got into the boat again and went back to the other side of the lake where a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Then a leader of the local synagogue, whose name was Jairus, arrived. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, pleading fervently with him. My little daughter is dying, he said. Please come and lay your hands on her. He'll her so she can live. Jesus went with him and all the people followed, crowding around him. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. When she had suffered, she had suffered a great deal from many doctors and over the years she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she has gotten worse. Verse 27. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him. Everybody behind him. She came behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of a terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. He turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Oga, look at this crowd. Press it around you. How can you ask who touched me? I mean, sometimes, you know, hanging out with Jesus can be very um, frustrating for these guys. I mean, everybody was talking and pushing and, you know, and the guy just stopped and said, who touched me? And they're like, look, we all have been not only touching you, we've been pushing you. And you're saying, who touched me? Obviously, he ignored them, verse 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. You see, sometimes you need to ignore people that can't see what you can see. When you ask some questions and they don't get it, don't fight. Just ignore them. They will get it. Okay? Eventually. Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell on her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. God will say to you, Your faith has made you well. Go in peace for your suffering is over. Today, in the name of Jesus. And while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, your daughter is dead. 
There's no use troubling the teacher now. But Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, that word overheard them actually meant he overheard and ignored them. In fact, another translation actually replaced the overhead with ignored. It says, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Everybody say, don't be afraid. Just have faith. Just have faith. Then Jesus stopped the crowd and wouldn't let them go with him. <laughs> Except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw the commotion and weeping and wailing. He went inside and asked, why all this commotion and weeping? The child isn't dead. She's only asleep. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Talita, come, which means, little girl, get up. And the girl, who was 12 years old, immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Jesus gave them strict orders not to tell anybody, anyone what had happened. And then he told them to give her something to eat. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, life is not a straight line. Sometimes life throws us curved balls, things we don't expect. We think it's coming this way. And before we know it, it's changed direction. You know, things happen that challenges our faith, that throws us off balance. We've explained before how the same year that this woman's problem started, 12 years, was the same year that Jairus had a daughter. So trouble started in one person's life, joy started in another person's life. And we unpacked all that at the last one, so I will, you may want to listen to it. But we'll go on. So, God knows that the world we are living in is not perfect. Things are going to happen that will baffle you. Things are going to happen that will shock you. Things are going to happen and you're like, whoa, what is this? And every time we have a challenge, every time we have a problem, it is an opportunity to trust God every single time. Every test you have and I have is an opportunity to trust God. And sometimes these tests are not trivial, but every single one is an opportunity for getting close to God or pushing away from God. So every test we face, gives us one of two choices. Number one, draw close to God. Number two, pull away from God. Every time we have a challenge. And God wants you to use every opportunity to get close to him, not to pull away from him. Every time, every single time, So what's it going to be in the challenge you are facing? What's it going to be? Is it going to draw you closer to God? Or is it going to make you pull away from God? When we look at the lives of these people, Jairus, the woman that was bleeding, one thing is clear. None of them had a relationship with Jesus. And, and this is counter counter, more, more like counter-cultural for in the religious culture, Christianity, if you will. None of them had a relationship with Jesus. And Jesus answered their prayers. So, what am I saying? 
You don't have to have a relationship with Jesus for him to answer your prayer. Whoa. Did you just say that, Pastor? Yes. Read your Bible. <laughs> Many times in scriptures, relationships develop afterwards. In fact, I mean, we were taught that you, you, before you can even begin to talk about healing, there has to be salvation, then there must be sanctification, then there must, no, there must be justification, then there must be sanctification, and there has to be before you can talk about healing. But Jesus never asks anyone that he meets, give their life to me before I heal you. Not one person. So where did we get this thing from? Religion. Everyone say religion. Religion. Pure religion. There are, if, you, if you check the book of Matthew, count, there are 23 healing miracles in the book of Matthew. 23. Out of those 23, 21 of them were total strangers. People that didn't know Jesus, they had no relationship with him. They just came for, they just, in fact, 100% of those cases interrupted Jesus. Jesus was minding his business like a Lagos boy. They came and they interrupted him 100% of the time. So, Pastor, are you saying salvation is not important? Of course it is. What's the point of getting healed and going to hell? Praise the name of God. Well, I mean, that, that, that is just business. But what I'm saying is this. We shouldn't put a full stop where God has not even put a question mark. There was no time in scriptures that Jesus demanded repentance before healing. Read the Bible. Okay. <laughs> now I know this is messing up a lot of good theology now, right? Now I know, I know, I know. I know. The only place, the closest place, the closest place was when they toy, opened the, the roof of Jesus' house and they let down their friend, the paralytic guy. Jesus, he, he was just looking for trouble. He didn't have to say that because of the Pharisees. He says, Your sins are forgiving you. And they were offended. I said, So that you can know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. Take you up your bed and walk. They say, which one is easier, to forgive sin or to say, take up your bed? They were confused. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Why is all this important? Why is it important? It's important because many times people have been held bound by feeling, I am not good enough. That's why God is not answering me. It's a big lie from the pit of hell. Huge big lie. <laughs> Check. Never, never be afraid to interrupt Jesus. Don't be afraid ever to interrupt Jesus. I've not checked Mark, Luke, John, but in Matthew... 23 of those miracles were interruptions. Don't be afraid to interrupt Jesus. Jesus is walking by. You, you need healing. You need a touch from God. Just throw yourself and shout, Jesus, our son of David, have mercy on me. And you will have mercy. Because that's who he is. It is, the, it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. It is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. It is when, it is when we see that, where else can we go? When, when Jesus said to Peter, throw and, for a catch, and, and Peter got so much fish that his net was breaking, his ship was sinking, by himself he fell down before Jesus said, Messina. No, 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 no. Forget about the fish. And Jesus says, I will make you fishers of men. What changed him was the goodness of God. Praise the name of the Lord. So, when we look at these two people, Jairus on one hand, the woman that was bleeding on the other hand, we see that 12 years is a long time. 
Many things happen in 12 years. 12 years ago, where were you? 2005. Where were you? Think about it. What were you doing? If you look back, all the things that has happened in your life, can you even ever imagine all the trouble? 12 years ago, 2005, I just started pastoring. And I used to believe that every Christian speaks the truth. <laughs> 12 years have passed. I've discovered that some Christians are liars. <laughs> oh, yes. They can look you in the face. Like this. I say, Pastor, Pastor, I didn't do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. I, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> that was how I was before, before, before. Before, 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 before. Now you say you did it. I say, eh? are you sure? <laughs> you know, you know. Do you, do we have time? Okay. Talking about that one. Years ago. No, don't let me pay. Let me stay on track. <laughs> we have a lot to cover. Praise the name of the Lord. There are parallels when you look at the life of this woman. And the life of, okay, let me tell you. <laughs> so, I, I was sleeping and I, it was a Saturday because I remember it was a Saturday because I was, I was supposed to get up and go and play soccer. So, I was sleeping and, and you know, I felt a, I mean, physical tap, you know. And I, and I got up. My wife wasn't there. It was like, who woke me up? And while I was still, like, who woke me up? God said to me, mention the person's name. I said, this person, in fact, the words God used, I can't even repeat it. It's, 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 it is an X-rated word. I didn't know God could use X-rated word. So I said, ah. So I called the person. I said, come on, you're in trouble. This is what the Holy Ghost said, you know. And the person said, me? And she started crying. She cried and cried. I was confused. I was like, yeah, God, have mercy. So I called, I mean, do you remember? So I called Pastor Ibami. I said, okay, you know what? Let this lady go and stay with you for three days in your house. You know? So she went with her for three days over the weekend. So they came back. Ibami said to me that, Pastor, she's telling the truth. <laughs> the girl too was like, So, so I was there. I was confused. So I said, okay. So she's telling the truth now. So God bless you. You can go. So as they got up to leave my office, it was a long, narrow office. As God, I turned to work on my computer. As I turned to work on my computer, the Holy Spirit said to me, I told you something, and man told you something, and you believed man. And I turned back. I said, come back. You are a liar. <laughs> Did you know that the tears dried? In her eyes. I was afraid. Then she started telling the truth. <laughs> Twelve years of pastry. I've seen some tears. <laughs> anyway. Well, well, why did I get there? Twelve years. <laughs> I didn't used to believe that Christians can look you in the face. And tell you a lie. Until I started pastoring. I used to think it's impossible. I've learned it is very possible. <laughs> what have you learned in 12 years? What has happened to you in 12 years? 2005 till now, what has happened to you? This woman, 12 years, she was bleeding. Jairus' life, 12 years, she he was Rejoicing. I mean, if you have a daughter, you know what I'm saying. It's daughters are the best. You know, it's a a blast. He was having a blast. So he was living. Uh, no offense to you guys. Uh, I'm mean, just quoting scriptures. I'm mean, or rather interpreting scriptures. He was living his dreams. 
and she was living a nightmare. She came from behind. Jairus came from the front. She came from behind, came from the front. When you check, Jairus, even though they both fell at the feet of Jesus, Jairus begged for a miracle. He asked for a miracle. This woman stole a miracle. She stole it. She stole it. So while they both pushed through the crowd, while they both bowed to Jesus, one asked, one stole. The key thing, the common denominator among these two people is that Jesus is the answer in both situations. Jesus is the answer in both situations. You know, I don't know what you're going through. It may be tough. It may be like nothing is happening. Listen, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Don't go to the mountains where God is in your heart. There's no wrong with praying in the mountains, don't get me wrong. But many of those things are just religion. Don't run elter-skelter when Jesus is saying to you, come to me. And what striking thing about this two people, I mentioned it earlier on, but I like to reiterate it. It's the fact that Neither one of them had a relationship with Jesus. Not one of them had a relationship with Jesus. Too many people believe a lie. I don't know God enough. Blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. Come. It is at the time of need that you need help, isn't it? So why do you want to, if you, if you, can, if you can get better, then you can come to Jesus for help, then you don't need Jesus. You, you need Jesus when you are in need, right? In fact, one of God says that we should come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in time of strength. In time of need. In time of need. In time of need. Many times we should change, our, change ourselves by not reaching out to God when we should reach out to God. And because we don't reach out to God, we don't get all that God has for us. It takes faith to reach out to God. We have faith it's impossible to please God. It takes faith to open up to God and to be vulnerable to God. It takes faith. So, we're going to look at four things that faith teaches us from this story that we've read. The first thing that faith teaches us is this. Faith overcomes fear and shame. Faith overcomes fear and shame. Always think about, think about her. Imagine the life she would have been living. She was tagged unclean. She was tagged unclean for eight years. She couldn't go to church. Back then, if, if a woman is on a period, she can't come to church. You know that. If she comes to church, her, they will stone her. And this is eight years consistently. The shame of, 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 and the fear she must have felt approaching Jesus from behind. Why didn't she come from the front? She was afraid. She was afraid because of her condition. If I come from the front, the, the sea that I'm flowing, they will stone me. So she came from behind. Faith overcomes fear and shame. She came from behind and she, she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. She took a big risk. Why? Because somebody that is ceremonially unclean, the idea is this, that when you touch something that is clean, you make that thing un, unclean. So, and she knew Jesus was a prophet. So, if she had touched Jesus' garment, Jesus could have said, Somebody just made me unclean. And she will be in real trouble. But she banked on Jesus' mercy. You see, every time you bank on God's mercy, you never come short. Every time you bank on God's mercy, you never, ever come short. So this woman... 
came to God and was driven by our faith. Your faith should drive you to God. Your challenges should drive you closer to God, not far away from God. So fear and shame should drive you to God, not keep you from God. Fear and shame should drive you to God, not keep you from God. So we see that faith overcomes fear and shame. In verse 31, when you look at the crowd, they were aimless people, as it were, as far as getting anything from Jesus was concerned. You know, his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? So the crowd was just bumping around Jesus. They were just bumping on him and bumping on him. There was no intentionality in their interaction with Jesus. It is a terrible thing to be with God and to be unintentional. It is, it is sad to be in the presence of Jesus and to get nothing from him. Apart from the fact that, okay, maybe you took a few selfies with him. I mean, if they, if they had phones that day, many people would have been taking selfies with Jesus. That's all they will have. Praise the name of the Lord. So, you have to be deliberate. You have to be what? You have to be deliberate. You have to be deliberate. Thank God for Itoran's testimony. She felt and she was deliberate. Okay, we still have Friday. God can still do something. You have to be deliberate. 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 God can answer, as, as, as we saw in that story, God can answer everybody and everybody will be fine. God doesn't need to keep your answer because he wants to answer somebody else. So you have to be intentional. You have to be deliberate. We are entering another week of praise. We've done with week of prayer. We have entered the week of praise. You have to be intentional. You have to be deliberate. After the week of praise, we are entering the week of the daily vigils. You have to be intentional. You have to be deliberate about the vigils. You have to be intentional. You have to be deliberate. And when we look at what Jesus said to this woman, verse 34, verse 34, Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be free from your suffering. Now imagine, Jesus could have said, woman, why are you trying to make me unclean? He could have said that. Jesus said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. With, with, with this statement, Jesus did three things in the life of this woman. It's, it's, it's huge. These three things Jesus did in the life of this woman. Jesus said to the woman, daughter. Jesus could have said woman. I mean, he said to his own mother, woman, right? Jesus could have said many other things, which I don't want to say. But he did not say it. Jesus called her daughter. By doing that, Jesus gave her dignity. Jesus gave her dignity. Jesus said, daughter. In other words, this woman didn't have anyone to plead her case. She didn't have a father. This was Jairus. Jairus was interceding for his own daughter. Jairus came to Jesus for his own daughter and Jesus was saying to this woman, you are my own daughter. The same way Jairus cares for his daughter, I care for you. You are my daughter. 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 He gave her dignity and in that he was saying to her, we are family. Wow. This outcast as it were Jesus looked at her and said to her, we are family, we are family, we are family. So she had her identity sorted out. She knew who she was. I'm the daughter of Jesus. 
am the daughter of Jesus. So Jesus is saying to you and I today, son, daughter, your family, your family. The first thing he did, Jesus gives her dignity. The second thing Jesus did, Jesus gave her affirmation. Jesus gave her affirmation. Jesus said to her, <laughs> your faith has made you whole. Your faith has healed you. Jesus, I mean, it was Jesus' power. You know, power came out of him. Jesus could, could, did not say, oh, my power has healed you. Jesus said to her, you have done well, my daughter. You, what you did made a difference. Your faith counts. Your faith has made you whole. You are important and your contribution to this healing is recognized by heaven. You are affirmed. Whoa. So Jesus affirms her. Jesus affirms her. Jesus affirms her. Jesus did not only give her identity which led to her dignity. Jesus did not only give her affirmation. Jesus blessed her. Jesus gave her blessing. Jesus said to her, go in peace. You are free from your suffering. And God is saying to you today, in the name of Jesus, go in peace. You are free from your suffering. And these three things that Jesus gave her is given to everyone that reaches out to Jesus by faith. These three things. Jesus gives us dignity. He gives us affirmation. He gives us a blessing. He gives us blessings. Jesus gives us identity. We reach out to him by faith. He gives us dignity. We reach out to him by faith. He affirms of family, you are doing well. And I'm like, yeah, am I? He says, you are. I'm like, wow. Praise God. I wouldn't say I'm doing well. Jesus says I'm doing well, then I am. Then I'm fired up <laughs> to do better. He gives us blessings. So that is the first thing we see about faith. Second thing is this. Faith inspires boldness but requires humility. Faith inspires boldness but requires humility. Jairus defied convention. Jairus was a synagogue leader. This were his people that were against Jesus. These people were anti-Jesus. They spoke against him publicly. But Jairus was courageous. He came to Jesus. You know, when <clears throat> fathers can almost do anything for their daughters, Nicodemus came at night to show you what Jairus. Jairus came in the day. Says, I need help. That takes courage. Huge courage. Then, not only was it courageous, Jairus fell at the feet of Jesus. He was courageously humble. It wasn't, his courage was not in arrogance. He fell at the feet of Jesus and followed Jesus' instruction. Now, you could say that, how is that important? Look at it this way. Jairus came to Jesus first. It should be first come, first serve, right? Then a woman that was bleeding just came and distracted Jesus from following Jairus to his house. Then Jesus paid attention to her. And was, in fact, Anastasia says she told him the whole story, the story of her life. And Jesus said, mm, that happened to you, yeah. God loves you. I mean, imagine what Jairus must have been feeling. He must have been agitated. He owed me. Synagogue leader. 
this woman, no name. And this man is even giving her attention. Now, imagine what went through his mind when they said, don't worry, your daughter is cuckoo, dead. He would have looked at the woman with bad eyes. <laughs> I said, you know, all these people that always come across trouble for you when you want to see God. It could have. But you see, we learn from this story that God, the God we serve, is not a respecter of any man. God is not a respecter of any man. God pays attention to his people, either high or low. If we pay attention to a gyrus, we pay attention to a no-name woman. He's not a respecter of any man. And in verse 35, in verse 35, we'll see that while he was still speaking to her, when the messengers came from the home of Jairus, they told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. Jesus did not prioritize the dying girl over the bleeding woman. Jesus went with the flow of how God sequenced things to happen. Jesus did not say to the bleeding woman, okay, you know what? We'll hear your story later. After all, you've gotten your healing. You stole the healing. Just let us go. You get, I mean, you could have said that. He didn't say that. Jesus just went with the flow. And many times, what we need to do is just to go with the flow. We just need to go with the flow with God. And not ruffle things. And, and God was making a big statement. God was saying to, to Jairus that, yes, you are concerned about your little girl. I'm also concerned about my little girl. This woman is my little girl. My little girl. So I'm going to take care of her. I'm going to pay attention to her. And, you know, she's daddy's girl. She's daddy's girl. She's daddy's little girl. <laughs> I mean, that is huge. That is huge. So God, the God that we serve, can love everybody. And everybody will feel special. You know, I remember um, I was in a conference, but not a conference, really. Um, some man of God, Jack Hayford. Do you know Jack Hayford? You know, it's, it's really old now and frail. You know, he, he used to have meetings with about 40 pastors from all over the world. He would just sit down and he would just share with us and just, you know, and all that. So I, I was in one of those sessions and he wanted us to introduce ourselves to everybody else. So it got to me, you tell your name and the church, you know. So it got to me and, and says, so Femi Monet from God's Femi House, you know. <laughs> and it was like, okay, you are God's Femi House. So what about us? <laughs> you know? But the way God is, is this. Every church should be God's favorite house. As in, every God's children are all special to him. But you see, we respond to this specialness differently. Our own, we've just chosen to respond to it in a special way. This is God's favorite house. <laughs> we have no apologies. Verse 36. Verse 36 of that scripture. Jesus overheard them and said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith. God is saying to you, don't be afraid. Just have don't be afraid. Just have faith. But like I said earlier on, Jesus overheard them. The word overheard actually means ignored. Overheard and ignored. That's what it means. Some text dropped the ignored. Some text dropped the overheard. 
Jesus overheard and ignored them. Listen, listen. There are people you have to ignore. If, if, if you're going to fulfill your destiny, there are some people you just have to ignore. What they are saying may be factual. It's not that they are evil. It's not that they are, they are devilish. What these people, the news they came to deliver, was it wrong? From physically, it, it wasn't wrong. Were they lying? But Jesus ignored them. Now, there are certain facts you have to ignore for you to fulfill your destiny. For your faith to work, there are certain facts you have to ignore. For your faith to be activated. For instance, some of us, we need to ignore the, the facts of our account balance. For you to believe God for the next level. Believe me, I'm telling you from experience. Experience. <laughs> there are times I look at the account balance, I say, okay, you know what? <clears throat> this is facts, but this is not what will determine my faith. My faith will be determined by what God has said. Jesus, if it is you, tell me to walk on the water. He says, walk. You know, Peter put one leg. Me, I jump. He says, walk, I walk. I walk. Because there are certain things that your spirit can catch that your mind cannot catch yet. If you wait sometimes until your mind catches it, it will be too late. Someone said that when God is all you've got to hold on to, then do what? Then hold on to him with all you've got. When God is all you've got to hold on to, then hold on to him with all you've got. How can God be all you've got to hold on to and yet you are not holding on to him with all you've got? If God is all you've got to hold on to, hold on to him with all you've got. Number three. Is this faith is about who and not about what our faith is placed in a person and not in a process our faith is placed in Jesus and not in the fact that we are fasting and praying it's not in the night vigil it's in Jesus praise the name of the Lord it's not in the praise chain, it's in Jesus. It's not in the prayers, it's in Jesus. So, faith is about who. It's based on who he is, not on who I am. Faith is about who. Second Timothy 1. 12. This is Paul speaking. It's huge. It says, I know whom I have believed. And I am sure that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day of his returning. Leave it on the screen. I know whom I have believed. Not what I have believed. You know, many times you are struggling to, you are trying to know what. All you need to know is who. Why? Because many times in life, we don't even know what to believe. I mean, I've gotten to places in my life, junctions, I don't even know what to believe anymore. The only thing that kept me is because I know who I have believed. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, I know whom I have believed. So, so many times, I mean, Everybody's going to get there. Well, you don't even know what to believe anymore. But if you know whom you have believed, your faith in the person of Jesus will sustain you. Your faith in the person of Jesus will see you through. I know whom I have believed. Paul says, I know whom I have believed. So faith... Our faith is in the person of God. And faith is believing 
something is true because you believe someone is truthful. So God says a virgin conceives. Faith is, I believe this is true because it is God that has said so. Because he is truthful. God says that you will be the head and not be the tail. God says all that I incest against you will be as nothing. And when you look around you, all you see is opposition. You believe that something is true because you believe that someone is truthful. It is impossible for God to lie. Impossible. Faith. Ah. Can you try and keep that scripture? Still keep it up. I know whom I have believed. Not what. I know whom. Faith is believing something will happen because you believe someone is able. That's faith. Faith, you believe something will happen because you believe someone is able. God is able to do all that he says he will do. That's why I believe something, something great is going to happen this God will again service. I, I believe in my heart, I know it, that what eyes have not seen will break forth. What ears have not heard will break forth. What has not entered into the heart of men will break forth. Why? Because I believe in someone that is able. I believe. I know whom I have believed. I know whom I have believed. Faith is believing something is yours because you believe someone is gracious. Believe is gracious. You believe it's yours because you believe that the one you've put your faith in is gracious. He says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Femi, I've chosen to have mercy on you and I will have mercy on you. It's because I believe that someone, him, is gracious. I know I have it. I know I have it. I know it's mine because I believe it's gracious. I know whom I have believed. Faith is in whom, not what. It's in a person, not a process. It's in our God, not an event. Can you still take one more? Okay. So number one is what? Faith. What comes fear and shame? Number two. Inspires boldness but requires. Number three. It's about who and not about what. Number four. Faith is a certainty that leads to action. Knowing that you know that you know that you know. The knowing that you know that goes beyond intellect and reason. The knowing that you know that you know that you know. Faith is a certainty that leads to action. You know, how do you know you are saved? I don't know. But I know. Yes, I, yes, I, yes, I know he lives. I have a witness in my heart that he lives. I'm standing on the right side, looking up above. I can tell that I know that he lives. This people, they need the... Ejection. <laughs> Are you slurring? 
Yes, I, yes, I, yes, I know he lives. I have a witness in my heart that he lives. Standing on the right side and looking up above, I can tell that I know that he lives. How do you know Jesus is alive? Yes, I, yes, I, yes, I know he lives. You see, see knowing that transcends the understanding. The only in fact, the, the, there was a time um, <laughs> I was speaking. My wife and I we used to do evangelism on Sundays after church. We we're pastors, you know. So after church, we dedicated our Sunday evenings to visiting our friends and you know just telling them about Jesus. So we target those that know no God. That was our Sunday evenings before things changed. <laughs> so. Sunday, one Sunday evening, we went to see one of my friends. He's deep into the occult, you know, and, you know, just talking, 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 you know. Then somehow, he always come to, because he's a very uh, outgoing guy, so he came to, you know, how he does soul travel, how there are different masters, you know. And I was trying to hold myself back, you know, and how, you know, he was mentioning names of masters, then, then the one that, when I lost control, when he says, oh, Jesus is just one of the masters. I said, hey! <laughs> I said, what? I said, no, 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 you shouldn't go there. You can call all the other names. Don't put Jesus in that category because Jesus is the creator of the heavens and the earth. And, the earth. and I asked him a question. I said, why is it that when you are doing your soul travel, can you fly over my house? Can you fly by a house of a praying Christian? You cannot. You know why? Because Jesus is superior. If you leave your body now, I can cut it, the silver lining, and you won't be able to come back in the name of Jesus. In fact, I, I now said to him, I said, meanwhile, my wife was pinching me. Let me cool down. Cool down. <laughs> you know? I said, leave me, leave me, leave me. And I said, if I, let's prove it now that Jesus is alive. <laughs> you know? I said, let's prove it now. You know, so I think she got into the conversation. She was like, just calm down. You know, I felt bad because I felt, I don't know, I was overzealous maybe, you know, but I just couldn't take it. But I can't blame him. What I know, he doesn't know. So you can't fight someone that doesn't have what you have. And you're angry because he doesn't have what you have. You should pray for him that he will if we taste and see that the Lord is good. Praise the name of the Lord. Faith is what takes you out of the boat and puts you on the water. Faith. Faith is what tears the roof open and lets down your friend to Jesus. Faith is what goes to carry people on their, from their houses. I say, this God will again service. You are coming. It's faith. Faith is what fills a vessel with water and trust that Jesus will convert it to wine. It's faith. What you do tells us what, where your faith lies. Our faith is known by the things we do. It is. It is. Known by the things you do. Faith is known. So, you, you, you cannot say, oh, I believe God, but <laughs> you see what you are doing. Contrary. has nothing to do with believing God. So, we see that faith is the fire that drives our obedience and our sacrifice. It is faith. The evidence of the things not seen in a God that calls the things that be not as though they were faith that makes all the difference makes all the difference and from these stories we have heard faith refuses to take no for an answer faith gets in God's face that's faith. And when 
faith is in action. When faith comes in contact with God's grace and provision, miracles happen. When faith comes in contact with God's grace and God's provisions, miracles happen. When faith is in action, God cannot deny. When faith is in action, God cannot hold back. When faith is in action, God cannot say no, really, really. Because if you look at these two stories, as I pulled the curtain, it was not right religiously. The law that God put in place for someone unclean to touch someone. But Jesus allowed it to happen and allowed the woman to be healed and blessed her on top of it because of faith. Even when he got to Jairus' house, the girl was dead. It was not right for Jesus to touch a dead person. It wasn't right. It was against law. And Jesus touched the girl and said, Little girl, I say to you, arise. And she rose up. When faith is in place, God suspends protocol. When faith is in place, God puts things on hold for you. So don't be afraid today. Just have faith. Let's bow our hearts. As we bow down our heads. Hallelujah. 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 Just focus on God. You know, as I ask you this question, are you letting fear stop you from coming to God? Are you letting shame stop you? Are you letting pride stop you? Are you letting pride, fear, shame come between you and God's blessings for your life? What is dying in your life today that you need God to arrest? What is bleeding to death that you need help with? God is reaching out to you. Every person in this room is another story of Jesus' miracle. It's another episode that is about to unleash So you need God today. You need him in faith. Combine your faith with his grace and see the miracle happen. You're saying, Pastor, that is me. I want to come to Jesus by faith. I was waiting until I have it all figured out. I've never given my life to Jesus. I want to commit to him today. Oh, yeah, like I used to be born again, but I've backslidden. Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Should I come forward? No, no, no. Wherever you are seated. I'll pray with you wherever I sit. That is me, Pastor. Pray with me. Put up your hand now over your head. Quickly. If you up your hand, put up your hand well. Shoot it up. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my sister. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother over there at the back. That is me. I've never given my life to Jesus. God bless you, my sister. Oh, God bless you. That is me. At that corner. Keep your hands up until you get the card. That is me. If your online instructions are scrolling, Instructions are scrolling. That is me. Keep the hands up. There's a hand there, right there at the, at the corner. Not on your head. Just put it over your head. Over your head. Slip it up over your head. God bless you. Keep it over your head. God bless you. That hand over there. The rest of us, there's nothing to be ashamed about. There's nothing to be proud about. This, God bless you, my sister. There's nothing to be fearful about. You are in God's presence. Just come as you are. Talk to God. This is me. I need your help. This is me, Lord. I need your help. Have mercy upon me. Have mercy. To my Jesus. to Jesus, Jesus, Jesus.
to you afresh or anew today we ask that you stretch forth your hands and you lay it upon their heads receive them my father into your heart into your kingdom change these lives and let your name be glorified lord we pray for every one of us lord that our faith will collide with your goodness that our miracles will abound we thank you for that which eyes have not seen. Thank you for that which ears have not heard. Thank you for that which has not even begun to enter into the hearts of men. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. Let's put our hands together for the Lord, our King, our Maker. Amen.